Hey, thanks for checking out the Aaron Advantage podcast today. I am joined by Curtis Mort with Grow Marketing Solutions. How are you doing today, Curtis? Doing great, Aaron. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Yes. I'm excited to hear what you have to tell us about the exciting world of digital marketing. Yeah, and other things. And other things. And other things, yeah. So Curtis, tell us a little bit about your company and your background and uh, just uh, kind of introduce yourself a little bit. So my company um, started in 2018, fall of 2018. And um, the story behind it kind of goes, I was working with uh, a couple friends of mine that own a digital, a couple digital billboards in Posey County. And uh, they were saying, hey, can you manage sales on this? Can, we know you do graphic design, you do things like that. And I said, yeah, sure, I can. I can try my hand at it, see what we can do. Uh, and I mean, that's that. at that point, it was kind of side gigs. I did websites and things like that as well, but uh, it was not really anything too serious. And uh, so as I was talking to small businesses and they're saying, I was trying to sell them slots on this billboard, they were saying, well, we can't really sink our entire marketing budget into a billboard. We don't want to put all of our eggs in that basket, but do you like can you help us get found on Google and can yeah. you, do you do web design and that kind of stuff? And I was so, like, yeah, I, so I totally do that. Yeah. Kind of a project born of necessity. Yeah. Like. So, so it was, uh, uh, you know, one client became two and two became four and, you know, and it just kind of off of the races. And so in 20 fall of 2018, we made it official and, um, started doing our thing. So Very nice. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the kind of the structure of your business. Are you a solopreneur? Do you have a team? How's that work? Yeah. So I kind of, uh, I would say as far as the company's concerned, I'm somewhat of a solopreneur, but I, um, I, I think the best metaphor is like a construction, um, general contractor. Like what I, I have a lot of subcontracted employees. I work on that basis. I have, uh, I have a couple of people I work with just to help me run the business side of things on an hourly basis. Gotcha. But, um, mainly it's mainly, it's just, you know, I'm kind of the chief storyteller, so to speak. And I'm the person within, in relationship with the client trying to help figure out the script, the strategy behind their marketing. And then obviously I can, I, I'm pretty dangerous in a lot of different areas as far as digital marketing is concerned and, and uh, web design and graphic design, but I wouldn't fancy myself as the best person in any one area. Gotcha. I, so I have uh, a, a handful of really good people in my pocket at all times. And I basically, you know, we work together to accomplish the marketing it's, strategy. It so. sounds like you do a lot of the same thing that I do with like my clients. Obviously, you know, when I'm helping people buy or sell a home, I want to be the guy they go to, to ask all the questions. Yeah. But ultimately I'm like, as I said today in our networking meeting, like, hey, I need somebody to do HVAC. I got a guy for that. Yep. I need somebody to uh, help me with mold remediation. I got a guy for that. Today, we even said, I may need an exorcist. And good news is, I got a guy for oh that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the bats. The bats. That was uh, crazy. Yeah. So it sounds like you kind of do the same thing that I do, which is make sure that you build those relationships with people so that you can find yes. the best tools and the best tradesmen to fix what they need. Yeah. If somebody was to ask me what I, like, my main role is is client relationship and storytelling like that's uh, I'm the one kind of can see I know the pieces that I have to work with and the palette that we can work with and what's and I stay up on trends and things like that um, and I'm always networking with professionals in in southern Indiana and so forth to try to you know connect them with clients and, and very nice um, 
so every you know every ship needs a captain that's right and the business owner is the captain but he has to have a first mate and they have to kind of we're steering the ship and we have to get the right people on board and to try to accomplish the mission so i like that i want to unpack that a little bit you said you know you're the chief storyteller so Mm -hmm. when you're trying to help people tell their story how do you get into how do do you pull the story out of them so you can tell it to the world uh that's funny i a lot of it is what we do is um i'll go in and just really get to know the business owner themselves and lots of time and I have a lot of friendships that have developed not just business relationships but are just good friends now because uh, we get to know each other and get to know their personality understand their business I do research into like their field no, okay nice. uh, and and try to understand what trends are within their actual industries and so forth um, and then it's a matter of uh, I mean it's actually for me it's pretty easy because every small especially small to mid-sized businesses they're the backbone of our economy right and every one of them has a, uh, a story because there's a person that had an idea or a vision or thought uh, initially. And even if they're like overloaded with the minutia of that business now, we can strip back down to what it was like and where they were coming from and kind of get to the purity of that thing. And then we I basically simply seek to express that with the right mediums in the right channels. Um, and usually that pretty much gets at it. Like, And then try to summarize things down uh, to who they are like. Um, you know, and it's usually, and you wouldn't think there are everyday type of things too, like uh, businesses and stuff, stuff that's not really sexy or awesome or whatever, you know, but uh, those are the kind of things I actually like because these are the people out there grinding, working hard, doing their thing, uh, providing for their families, providing for their employees as well, creating, creating income for everybody around them. And usually it's just, usually sometimes it's tough because they're not, evidently like in a, a communicator or expressor but they are but that's what i kind of coach them and draw that out of them and then we can whittle things down and, and you know that's where like business taglines and things like that come from they're just distilled versions of that person's story that makes so, a lot of sense yeah. I, I do a lot of like training and things for new agents experienced agents on like brand building mm-hmm. and how to like make yourself more well known and stuff like that and i find that myself as well as like people are like well, I, mean, I don't have a sexy story i don't have these yeah. great things to tell people but I'm like, it's not necessarily about having this great story. What you think might be mundane and boring yes. and everything else is what everybody else wants to yes. hear. That may be what it makes it personal. And I think in our in our personal or in our day and age too, like people want it. Like it's this is kind of funny. I like to throw this stat out there: the about us page. Yeah. Like the, you think about the about us page. It used to be just like this throwaway weird thing, you know right. that like people kind of felt this weird pressure to have but as far as web tra- traffic is concerned there's a people spend a lot of time actually looking at who is running this business kind of what their story and so as I'm building a website or we're building a strategy and more and more I tell people look don't hide like don't hide behind the branding is you're part of the branding your story is a part of the branding and people want to know they're doing business with a person not just a business you know it's an interesting stat to throw out there because as you're saying it I'm I'm recounting in my own mind that I used to never care about the about us page and now that's like the number yeah. one place I yeah. go on any website yeah and I think it's a generational thing too and I think as our economy is shifting especially like in lieu of pandemic and all that kind of stuff I think it was kind of going that way anyway but um you know i and i think I, the other half of the equation you asked the question to kind of wind it back a little bit was how do i get the story that after i understand them i the next step in it is okay give me your ideal client uh-huh. like your ideal customer who is that person and usually they have they have three or four of them in their head that they know if they had a hundred of that person then 
it would just be awesome. You know, they're right. the right kind. They're the person that we want to attract. Um, and uh, so then I will actually, you know, with their permission, go and conduct interviews and understand that person's psyche. Nice. What they're looking for. Um, you know, there's they have a type. Every business has a type of person that they're trying to reach. And then once we've understand the story and once we've understand the person they're trying to tell the story to, it's then it's a lot easier to fill in that then gap. It, then we just start then we basically have to say where are their eyes? Yeah. You know, where are their eyes and how do we tell how do we tell those stories in a compelling way, uh, in a in a nice, clean, professional way and, and then we're off to the races. Sounds so, good. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I think too, it's as far as experience marketing goes. Marketing goes. I've learned from a lot of different guys in the field, um, but um, like understanding a, a, it used to just be you know you saw a billboard with something on there, and then you're kind of making a um, what I want to say, kind of a rote de- decision. Business decisions were disconnected from our emotions and so right. forth. But more and more, you're finding that's just that's just actually not ever what was happening anyway. Right. Uh, and so as marketing develops, you know, there's kind of a customer journey that takes place um, and understanding each point along that customer journey and then being intentional about, um, you know, people knowing about you, people liking you, people trusting you, yeah. people, you know, and then like all these steps that we go along so that we're moving a customer all the way from being someone who does not know that this business exists all the way to being, you You have to like, they can't exist without telling people about this. That's referral marketing, right? right? To get somebody from knowing nothing about a business to being a referrer, a referral part of their business. That's the customer journey. That's what we're, that's what we're looking to build. You know, your, your company name is grow marketing solutions, but it sounds a lot like a lot of what you do is not just marketing, but it's brand building. It is. Yeah. yeah. Strategy. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. That's the thing. I think that a lot of advertising in the past completely missed out on. It was all, Hey, how do we just get a lead, get them in, run them yeah. through the funnel and get rid of them? Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that's kind of the, that's kind of the difference. I'm pretty, pretty picky about clients myself which you know that's not the um i guess it's not the 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 fastest way to build income and so forth but i i'm pretty intentional like the people i'm working with i want to i want it to be a good relationship that keeps kind of like you've expressed before in the real estate market um i want to i want to do a good job with them if they you know and i and i want to and that's part part of the reason like the onboarding process is is kind of lengthy for me comparatively um because i want to you know, I want to make sure I want to, this is a person that I want to work with and I believe in what they're doing. And so I can pour my heart and soul into it as well and really get their message out there. So I love it. That's that. I I couldn't agree with that sentiment more. That's Mm. the perfect way to do business in my opinion. And like you said, not necessarily the fastest way to grow top line revenue, but in my opinion, the best way to build a lasting business. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, I kind of view as a, I think business owners before they're business owners, they're people. Yeah. You know, and like, uh, and that's, that's at the core of what I do. I mean, you've got hopes and dreams and aspirations and, um, you know, disappointments and all the other emotions that are going with it. And a lot of times I just, I find myself, um, I mean, I, so other thing, other thing about me is I, uh, elder in a local church. Right. right. And so that there's a lot of, uh, carryover crossover. I find myself in a lot of where the two worlds are informing each other. That's where I start, got my start in marketing things. And it was in the nonprofit right. working with churches and so forth. That's where a lot of my experience came from. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, there's a, and I think that all the melding of those things kind of uniquely equips me to, um, you know, know people, know their businesses and get them out there in front of people in a way that 
you know, communicates. So. Exactly. Now I'm going to dive into some technical stuff because uh, we've Great. had we've had some we've had many conversations that I'm like this guy knows his stuff. Like yeah. I, I I know enough to be what I consider somewhat dangerous. You're yeah. like a ninja. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that. So you said something earlier that uh, is probably one of the biggest things that people ask about right now, which is, mm. hey, how do I get seen on Google? Do you got any like quick tips on specific things that people should think about? Doesn't necessarily have to be like, hey, this is going to get you to the top of the rankings immediately. But what are some things that people can focus on just to kind of get started in that realm? Well, when I'm okay, when I ask the kind of questions of somebody um, in a a professional field that I don't know anything about, I like to use the expression, treat me like I'm a five year old, explain it to me simply, right? Right. So uh, to do that, I would say, like, this is not as obvious as it seems. But if you haven't claimed your Google My Business page, for the love of all things, please click the link that says own this yeah. business. Full disclosure, I've been doing digital marketing myself for like 10 years, and I just started my Google My Business page two weeks ago. Yeah, because if you don't do that, Google is just guessing. Yeah. Like, they're just guessing. And and if you don't do that, then Google also is looking at that and saying, well, like, because Google is like a digital concierge service, right? right? When you type in pizza near me, what they're looking for is is consistency across the web for a, a digital presence. Name, address, phone number, simple things. And one of the biggest thing, biggest marks against you if, when being found on Google is if your business name is not claimed by you. Google's like, well, is it there? Is it not? I mean, they're, 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 uh, algorithms are gathering information from across the web. And so you may have a Facebook page or something like that where it was like, oh, I guess this is them. And I guess this is their website and their phone number. And so when you claim that, and you, and then it's like another social media platform unto itself. You can add it in with Hootsuite or any of those other things, and you can be posting from one place and be blasting out to all those different those different I, mediums. I tell you what, the Google My Business page, like you said, it being a social media website, I am astounded at the amount of content that you can actually put yeah. on your Google My Business. Well, they page. tried Google Plus for a while. Oh, that was aw- and it awful. failed awfully, and so they were just kind of like, "Well, we'll stop doing this and just start adding to Google My Business yeah. features," and that was it. Actually, is decent working out for them. The one thing that the one thing I would if I had a critique for Google would be um, they got to stay on top of the like if you tell people that they can file a complaint when it comes to reviews. Right. They say that, but like you it's hard. It's it's really and that's part of kind of what I do is I and I've even had clients be like I regret this whole Google thing because oh, no. because they they uh you know like we're getting we're generating reviews and things are good and so on and so forth and like and then somebody uh, basically comes along and just uh you know spams them spams them yeah they're just Stinking trolls, they're just man. being a troll yeah. and they're like that person lives in Florida and has never been to my business ever you know oh. and I, so actually but some of the times this is one of the things that helps. A 5.0 rating on Google is not believable. Nobody believes that. So they're, they're going to look. If you have 13 reviews and it's a 5.0, everybody's people are most time going to look at that and say, that dude just got his grandma and cousins to get on there and, and give a review. So actually like a 4.6 so, so is so believable. Tell, so you're so. telling me right now that all my wonderful reviews aren't believable? I don't know. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, I mean, if their last names are Luttrell on there and you have a 5.0, then probably so. But, I mean, a couple of them are, but they are legit clients. Yeah, I mean, so... <laughs> 
but no, seriously, statistically, like 4.6 to 4.8 is actually your best. Yeah. Because it's believable. Well, then my so, Uber rating's fantastic. There you I'm go. I'm at 4.86. There you go. <laughs> I'm Perfect. a real person. Yeah. I'm not. Well, I think that gets under the skin of people that are like, they don't they don't want people to think ill of them. You know right. what I mean? And I, I understand that sentiment. But if you get a couple bad reviews, take a deep breath. We can dilute those out, even if Google's terrible at getting those reviews taken care of and so forth. But anyway, so... Um, yeah, as far as the technical side of stuff goes, I, that would be the first thing I would say. The next thing I would say is, um, you're actually having an actual website that, yeah. that is a domain that you own. Wait a minute. You mean a Facebook page is not enough? No, it's not enough. I mean, it helps that what Facebook is, is a, from a marketing standpoint is a glorified like citation, online citation, which we'll talk about that in a second. But, um, so you need your own space, right? You get your own domain, you know, the air and advantage, that's good stuff. Um, and then build something there that is web crawl friendly, Google crawling friendly. And to do that, you need, you need, uh, the word is copy. You need actual Mm -hmm. text on your page because Google can't crawl images. You can do things to make sure that your, the metadata behind the image is actually crawled by, uh, Google, but more, more importantly, like the H1 text, the very top text, that's right. the big, bold stuff that needs to be, uh, Google looks at that and says, oh, that's that's what they're about. And they grab that and put it on your listing and so forth. So that, and then honestly, um, making sure your website's tight. It's been reviewed by a professional. It's being crawled regularly by uh, Google Search Console. And uh, the next thing I would say is your like online citations. So you have to have, you need to have like across the web, um, oh, almost like just listings. Like you, and and there's companies out there that will do this for you at a pretty minimal cost. It's a pretty cheap thing um, that you can accomplish and it's pretty effective. Just making sure that like, um, you know, if, especially if you're a restaurant, you have a Yelp listing, you have a, uh, you know, whatever. And I, that's the thing about the industries. Different industries need listings and different things. Better Makes Business sense. Bureau. But some yeah. of them some of them are pretty universal. There's 25 or 30 of them that every business needs to be on. And that helps Google as it goes across the web and sees. Remember, it's a concierge service right. looking for consistency. So if you develop that consistency across the web, I mean, even if you're not using Yelp right. I mean, or any one of those things, you have a listing on there with your proper name, address, phone number. Um, that's going to help rate elevate you uh, an organic and then lastly i would just say um you know clicks traffic actually yeah. drives up your google review organically and to do that you can pay a little bit uh, and use google's advertising platform and get your get your listing you know when you google something you're going to get that though on the very top you're going to get the sponsored ones right and then you're going to have the organic three pack uh-huh. okay um which people are kind of wising up to the sponsored thing a little bit but still it still puts you in front of everybody uh, and it puts the right information in front of everybody immediately, and that's worth something. And I think, I, and then as you get clicks there, that will naturally help drive up the organic you being in three pack and so forth. Very so. nice. See, these are all great tips and things. Yeah, uh, that's I, all. That's, I, I listened to your analysis of one of our other members of our networking oh, yeah. group, and I was just like taking copious notes. I'm like, yeah. oh, I need to do this. Oh my gosh, I'm failing at this. Well, these are simple things. I mean, these this is not. It's not. I know it sounds complex, but really, at the end of the day. Think of Google as a, I tell people this all the time, just think of them as a, it's a concierge service, yep. right? Um, and I, and there's other ones too. Google's not the only one, but, and especially industry specific. Uh, but people for the most part, because iPhones default to the URL bar search yep. function being a Google search. Yep. So for now, 
it's who we have to play ball with, right? That's right. So you, you just you just cracked open the door for a, a topic that I wanted to talk about when you when you mentioned the iPhone, mm-hmm. and we mentioned this a little bit today. When and that's iOS fourteen. And as a guy who does some digital marketing of my own and the ability to do some retargeting and things that I absolutely loved through Facebook and other platforms, mm-hmm. now that iOS fourteen, uh, you know. I found myself as I'm being asked because now you can say, no, don't track me. Mm-hmm. And that completely changes the digital yes. marketing landscape entirely. I'm like, ooh, I'm a digital marketer. I'm going to lose my ability to do this. I hate yep. that. That's awful. Don't track me. I yeah. did it to myself. I know. I know. So clearly that's going to change the way that people have to approach all of these things mm-hmm. moving forward. Yep. How How is that impacting your thought process? Well, I mean, honestly, it's made me um, start thinking again uh, from a digital standpoint, digital a market. I saw like digital marketing. From a marketing standpoint, it kind of made us all get a little lazy. Like, oh, a hundred percent. It not a little lazy. I'm, I'm not lazy. I'm not real worried about it because, like I told you, um, I'm a storyteller. Right. So it, it it drives. It only actually helps me from my my actual business model standpoint. Right. Because anybody with a computer and uh, enough knowledge can go out there and call themselves a digital marketer. True. And and do that, but that doesn't actually make you good at marketing. It just means you know the right clicks, you know, to make and so forth. So, like, I, I from that standpoint, I am I am kind of sad, but also from a from a libertarian freedom standpoint, I I'm just like you. Don't track me. Yeah. You know, get get the heck out of here. And I, I I told people is for the last decade, it's been the wild west. Like, you you haven't um like we really like. And we all make jokes about, you know, when when Siri or uh, Alexa is listening to us yeah. um, and how. But we we also really like to be, hey, it's like they are in my head. It's like I, it's like they know what I want before I want it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, and that's really nice and convenient. A hundred percent. But but at they, what cost? At <laughs> what cost? I mean, and that's the thing is the, we're just now after, you know, 15 years of having smartphones and stuff waking up and saying, Hey, wait a second. What cost are we, what are we paying for here? Right. So we can't have both. We can't, you can't have both privacy and companies knowing what you want when you want it kind of thing. So it's, there's right. going to be a little bit of a, I, I think the landscape is sh- going to shift. I right. really do. I don't think we're at the, I think we've kind of had this age of the tech giants really, really uh, owning a lot of the space. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm all for capitalism, baby. So I'm. Let's ride the wave and see where it goes. Like we'll just, you know, as as a storyteller and a marketer. I mean, who knows? Five years from now, the whole landscape could completely change just because people are saying, "I don't know that I want to pay that. I don't want to pay that cost." You yeah, know? that makes a lot of sense. And you know that that's kind of the approach I've taken in my business with the the advertising and the branding that I do. Uh, Eric Gouge, who I've done multiple podcasts mm-hmm. with. Uh, it was funny. We were talking about. You even mentioned this. He was sitting down to build out his uh, his kind of avatar for his. Yeah client and he's like and so like i was sitting here and i was thinking about it and he's like and the first thing that kind of came to mind is i was thought about a guy like you aaron and he's like and i thought hey you know i want somebody who cares about local food places and all Mm -hmm. this stuff because he knows because of the storytelling that i've done Mm -hmm. that i care about these local businesses and food obviously is something that i am passionate about and so i'm like I didn't even think about that as a thing until he mentioned it. Now that you've mentioned it as well, it's like that's that's been my whole way of kind of advertising, if you will, forever. And I think mm-hmm. that that's that's going to be something that I'm more interested to see is how that those things change yeah. with with the changes in the tracking. Well, if you just think about what Facebook is, like it's a it's a giant 
voluntary data deposit. Like people are going on here and voluntarily, which it's not going to change. It'll the whole tracking thing. Yes, it is going to change some, but there's still like billions of people that get on Facebook and sign the user agreement that nobody reads, right? And then dumps all their personal information onto this site that's not their site. It's yeah. not they don't own the information None on there or anything, and uh, and then. Uh, and then everybody gets all hot and bothered about the f- that that f- they sign the agreement and then yeah. Facebook turns around and uses that information so that people can yeah. market to them. How dare you use the information? They said that I voluntarily voluntarily gave, <laughs> gave to you, and it's and I and so like one of the things I've done. I actually did this. This is a it wasn't my original idea, but I did it and it worked. Um, there was a I was getting ready to go into a client meeting. Somebody called me. I was going to do a free consultation, and and so. Um, he didn't have a Facebook page, but his wife did. Okay. And, uh, so I got on Facebook and just did what any good, any good, you know, reasonable. Stalked him. Not creepy human being does. And then stalked stalked him. him. Yeah. I stalked her. And I was like, you know, like, I mean, I went into that meeting knowing his kid had a birthday soon. I went into that meeting, like knowing all these things about him. And I was like, and I said, you know, basically I I intentionally like freaked him out. And he's like, how do you know all this about me? I was like, because you voluntarily give it. And so do your clients. They voluntarily give give all of this information, and that's information that we can then use to try to get your products in front of them. And he was like, "Well, okay, you know, yeah. sign me up, I guess." You know, that was he was like, <laughs> I, "I need you to stay away from me a little bit, <laughs> yeah, but keep, don't do that to me again." Keep but, your distance, guys. yeah, yeah. That's weird. I, I tell you, man, I uh, I work with a lot of buyers and sellers, and they always every transaction I'm in, for the most part, on occasion it does happen, but I always hear from them. Well. As a seller, oh, we stalked the buyers a little bit, and we found out blah 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 blah. Yeah. Or the uh, buyers will be like, "Well, we stalked the sellers, and we know that they're going to this place. They're in a hurry. They need to do this, yep. and they want to try to undercut them on the price." So whenever I go to my first client meetings, I'm like, "Hey, do me a favor. Don't do anything online. Yeah. That's Stop. gonna that's gonna hinder my ability to get you the best yes, deal. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. It's just shrewdness. Just yeah. thinking about stuff. I mean, I, I guess, and I, I don't. You, you sh- nobody should ever have treat Facebook like a diary anyway <laughs> for a lot of other reasons but you this is this is just true and so I guess to bring the question all the way back I'm not real worried because I think people like I think especially our generation they like sharing information about mm-hmm. themselves uh, they like um, just to put it in somewhat of a I, I mean this in the kindest way possible but they like to feel like other people care about what they have to say yes you know yes and so um the, no, we're not going to be. We're not in any danger of that ending anytime soon. I don't think. I so. don't think so either. We we want to be wanted. I think we is do. the best way to put that. Yep. They. That's what they. Facebook tapped into that. Social media tapped into that. And that's you know. I think we're kind of. If it's not Facebook, who knows? It'll be something else. There'll be some other platform that arises or some other technology that takes the day. And because that that's it. That's what I'm getting. That's the marketing. That's why I'm like okay. At the end of the day, it's not the tools. We people have marketed for all of. All of time, hundred percent. Like it, it's not. This is not a new trade, right? Like <laughs> no. I have something of that I can create a value, and I need to convince you it's valuable enough that you trade something of value back to me, right? Right. And I mean, so they the when you boil it down to that essence, it 
I'm not, you know, this is just the tools we've used for the last 10, 15 years. There's, right. there's a lot of tools out there. And I think there's going to be tools that we haven't even thought about yet that are going to be out there in the future as I'll, well. I couldn't agree more. I, I listened to uh, Gary Vanderchuk a whole lot. I listened to his podcast, mm-hmm. read his yeah. books and all that stuff. And he, he often says, you know, all these people like, will ask me, like, well, Gary, what are you going to do when Facebook goes away? And he's like, I don't care about Facebook. He's yeah. like, I don't care about any of these platforms. Yeah. He's like, my whole thing is I am day trading the attention of today and I'm going to find the place that people are paying attention and that's where I'm going to do my marketing. That's right. And I'm like that. I couldn't. I couldn't where are say people's it eyes? Like, where are people's eyes? Exactly. You know. And then that's where you're. That's where you're going to. And that's somewhat pragmatic. You have to be a little bit careful. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know. And I. I mean, even like as of late, you. You. We went from. Uh, you know, 2015, 2016. We had a very tumultuous election cycle. A couple of them. And yep. so. Uh, trust already within a, what you go back a decade nobody was questioning the the integrity of these massive tech platforms and uh, right. if you, but now I mean if you go out on the street and ask people do you trust these people they're going to be like even if they use the platform that's the funny part about it is even if they <laughs> yeah. use the platform they're going to be like freaking no I don't trust them you know yeah. what I mean like and so I think that's going to continue to go along and I, I think you know I think the mediums will change but that's fine we yeah. can we'll, we'll roll with the punches you know I agree so. with that and not only do these people still use it and say they don't trust them like I've heard people like flat out say like oh Facebook is awful I can't believe they do this kind of stuff the Mark Zuckerberg is the worst and I'm like what about Instagram oh yeah I'm on it every day I'm like it's the same they own them company yeah <laughs> whoops oh huh. my bad yeah yeah, yeah exactly i don't you know and i there have been some alternative forms out there that are trying to preserve like free speech and so forth none of them have caught much traction because i mean when for now these still they still are these major shareholders holding control of things but i think people are wising up in a way that i i think the system will continue to evolve and that's fine that's no. fine. I, I like it. It's capitalism. That's good. This is good. It's good. It's it helps us all get better and sharpen us and so forth. And and I, I, I think we just keep going forward. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree with that anymore. So let's 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 change the subject a little bit. Let's Great. talk a little bit more about Curtis the person. Oh man. So you mentioned Posey County is where you kind of got started with the business stuff. So yeah. obviously a locally born and bred kind of guy. Yeah, man. Um. So my dad was uh uh. uh well, he worked with computers in the Navy, but he was on a subtender um, when I was born. Okay. So we were, I was born in Groton, Connecticut, oh, wow. where all the submarines and stuff are. Very nice. Um, and uh, so, but when he got discharged from the Navy, he actually worked for the NSA. I don't know if I should say that. He worked for the NSA for a little while, too. Are they listening? Yeah, they might. They are definitely, they're listening, <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, and, uh, but then he got out and got a job, which with... Then GE, now Sobic, yep. uh, major plastics company in Mount Vernon. Um, and that's what brought us to the area. So we moved to the area when I was a toddler. You know, I was like three or four. And then started kindergarten at Farmersville Elementary School. Woo, woo, shout out. <laughs> and uh, and we, uh, uh, you know, I graduated from Mount Vernon. I went and played um, some college football afterward at Wabash College in Crawfordsville. Nice. And um, then decided <clears throat> that wasn't, it wasn't the school for me any longer, so uh, came back to the area, uh, took a job at the at the church that I'm uh, currently with, and uh, started there. You know, like an internship type thing, and then positions just kind of grew over time. And then you know, that's and then I met my wife and got married, and we have five kids, so uh, we're pretty we're pretty steady. We're f- we're pretty rooted in the area now. You so have five kids. I have five children, and yes. you're so young. I am. Yeah. I am. I'm 34 years old, and I have five children. 
Yes. Very nice. Yes. All, and, and he still has hair. And barely. Get, <laughs> it's, it's, it's losing up. It's 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 like just spreading like the sunset sunrise on my head there. But I, I feel your pain there, brother. Yeah. So I have five kids. Yeah. Uh, Samuel, Evelyn, Spurgeon, Piper, and Alex. They are eleven, nine, seven, five, and four. So nice. Yes. So busy guy. Busy. Very busy. Yeah. It's fun. So my wife's name's Amanda. Uh, we live in Central Posey County, and um, I operate. I, you know, I love that whole area. I'm a, I'm like you, I'm a giant foodie. I yeah. like, I like back to earth type stuff. hundred percent. Yes, sir. Uh, so we raise, you know, we do some micro agricultural type stuff. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, we got fixing to, um, uh, do a good old fashioned hog killing here pretty soon. So that's, I'm, when I'm talking back to earth, I'm talking back to earth, man. Yeah. So we, we're, we're Posey County. I don't, I don't get my corn, hands dirty so. myself, but my father-in-law's a farmer. Uh, yep. he, he, most of the corn he farms, uh, and most of the stuff he farms is for uh, personal use to feed cattle. So he has yep. uh, black Angus yep. that, uh, he, he raises and, uh, on occasion we'll get a couple hogs and lots of chickens. Go, so yes. I tell you what, man, that there's nothing better than farm fresh eggs and meat and everything else. Absolutely. So shout out to Barts Farm Stand. And if you haven't been there, check them out. That's right. That's right. And I think, I mean, to go, you know, to marketing, I think, honestly, I think that's one of the better trends of our generation is there's been a, a desire to connect more with our food sources and so forth. Uh-huh. And so I don't, I don't like per se get into all of that. I just really like the work. Like yeah. I, I have I, my kids enjoy I, it's something I do with my kids. We enjoy that together. Um, it's hard. Yeah, you know it's challenging. It actually, I know you can't tell by looking at me very well, but it does help me stay in shape some. You know, um, and I just think there's a there's a rhythm that happens because of that, and right. nothing you can't force anything to happen. You know, and I think I think from time to time, especially working in, in the field that I work in and so forth, like being reminded you can't force things to happen is a good thing to do. It's uh, a good thing to take part in. So I I could agree with that. Yep. I. Uh, I don't think that I could do what you've done and, and go and build the compound that you guys have. Well, but, I haven't built it yet. <laughs> well, the one that you aspire I'm, to. I'm planning to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We bought some acreage. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna try to make something happen there. But uh, it's, uh, you know, as if I needed another iron in the fire. Yes, you know? yeah. So. Well, I want to talk about one more iron that you have in the fire because sure. it, it lends itself maybe to another podcast that okay. I intend to get started at some point in time. Sure. Not only am I a big foodie, I also like trying craft beers yeah. and other things like that. And mm-hmm. you are a microbrewer yourself. I am. Yes. So, how did you get started in that? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't even remember now. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a blur. I needed. I. I really like. I really am a um, quality over quantity of food kind of guy. Yes. And I like. I like different drink pairings. Yeah. You know, and things. I'm really not a. Like I, I don't dr- actually as a brewer, I don't actually drink a tremendous amount of beer. Right. You know, like I, but what I do make and use, I, I found it. It helps pull people together. You yes. know, it, it's it's a connection point I have with people. Good food and drink. It's something that exists at every good celebration usually. And I think that's the thing that I agree with you more on anything else. And that's I like, guess okay. So if, it's, it's it's good to bring making, people together. You're making me reflect now, man. <laughs> I like this. Okay, so this is probably this is probably this is probably why. Okay. So I also, I love barbecue and I, I am, you know, my dad actually kind of instilled that love of that in me, kind of got me started and, um, and I would throw these massive barbecues, right? Just, just huge mounts and, you know, and, uh, and have people over and I just enjoyed the, and I mean, it's so many, like, I just like doing it because when you get a bunch of people together, Mm Mm-hmm. 
people are interesting and they they share their I mean like I love the feeling of like hosting something and everybody coming together and there being like things that come out of it that I never could have imagined right you know I think that's just part of being human I think that's you know part of being made in God's image I think we just are uh, we the cool things happen when people get together and they share their creativity and so forth. So I would have these massive barbecues, 50, 60, 70 people in my little 1400 square foot house, uh, in Mount Vernon at the time. Yeah. And, uh, just keeping them all out in the yard. Right? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> we just did fenced in the backyard and get some tables and chairs and throw them up. And I'd smoke, I'd smoke all day. You know I mean? We just, we'd have a good time. And so that kind of evolved into, okay, I like doing this. And that's a very craft science oriented type of thing. And then I mean, and I was like, I like, I like, I don't just like beer. I like good beer, you know? And so I, um, you know, so we started doing that. I started kind of being able to use some of my mad wizardry science on, on those things. And then it's kind of a, um, Oh, my wife will tell you, she, she would say it's an expensive hobby. It's, it's not like once you're st- established in it, it's not terrible. Yeah. Uh, and you can do a lot of, and you can high bar to entry, but once you get there, well, and the thing, yeah, once you get there, yeah. it's good. And I think, uh, and I'm, you know, if we want to roll it back on another podcast sometime, let me nerd out on that. I could, I'm oh, totally, we'll definitely make that totally happy. happy. Totally happy to talk about that because like, I, 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 when I have people over, I, it's, <laughs> when I get a captive audience to talk about it, usually I just kind of get that glazed over look by people that are like, I'm just, ha- this just tastes good and that's yeah. all I'm here for, you know? So I, I, uh, I'll make sure the camera's rolling next time we get together and do yes, some tasting. Yes. Yeah. That'd be good. So yeah, but I, I think, um, I, that's, that's my underpinnings behind why I like to craft brew and stuff. I'd say, so what's your, I, the other thing is too, it, it allows for, you know, some people don't drink alcohol and that's fine. That's right. their conscience or whatever, but most and some people don't like beer, you know. I mean, like some, it's just you know they just don't can't jive with it. Right. My, I married one of those people, so <laughs> <laughs> funny enough. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, I for a lot of people, I can. It's kind of a, a neat. You and I. That was how we first connected. Was I? I saw your Twitter page that you had. Right. You know all these different things, and I was like, he he must be a craft brewer because he's like talking about all these things. No, you're a craft. You're a connoisseur, not a brewer. But anyway, it was. I, I, I'll go with aficionado. I I. I don't know that I know enough to be considered a connoisseur. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, um, that, and then, I mean, I can just say, what's your favorite beer? You know? And I mean, like, and usually I know at least a thing or two, even if I haven't brewed one. Right. And I also like to know that just because like, it's a way I can show, uh, that I care about somebody or I love right. them. You know, I could, I could say, what's your favorite beer? And they tell me, and then like, you know, two months later I can, Hey, look, I made this for you. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a very appreciated, a widely appreciated type of, craft so what is your what is your favorite man i don't think you've you've told me uh, things you like you like seasonal type stuff yeah i like seasonal type stuff you know my i always joke and say my favorite beer is a cold one yeah the one that's in front of me exactly but uh, honestly i i like trying different things that that's where my passion lies yeah me too and almost anything that i do it's trying different things and experiencing something i haven't had before um you know whether it's ipas or stouts or uh lagers or ales or you know i I run the gambit of trying Mm. a bunch of different things the only thing i can say that i know that is my favorite favorite thing is trying something new you know because i just love that so much so let me ask let me ask myself a question that you should ask me okay okay you ready what kurt what is your what's the what's your favorite uh beer you've you've crafted you've, kurt, you've made you know just it, out of the blue just came to me yes yes what is your favorite beer that you've crafted funny you should ask great story <laughs> so uh shout out to dusty barn distillery in Posey oh, County, yes. right? Yep. So these guys, brother. I met them because uh, 
I actually went to I went to so the Kuhlenschmitz is the last name, very very West Side German name <laughs> yes, Kuhlenschmitz. Um, and uh, one of the guys was on Facebook. One of the guys I went to school with on Facebook said, "Hey, we have like an entire grain bin full of barley and wheat that's gone bad, and we need it cleaned out like now. Does anybody have any you know animals they can feed this to and right. all that kind of stuff?" And I was like, "Sure." I did. I mean, I had, I mean I knew how big a grain bin was, but. I wasn't quite processing at that moment. You mean you thought you did? Yeah, I thought I did. I mean, it was a small grain bin, right? So we go over. I go. I call my buddy and I'm like, "Hey, bro, we got to get. I need your help." And he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "Well, we're got. We got to go get some grain off this grain bin." And he's like, "All right, man. I'm there. Whatever you need me to do, let's just do it." You know. So we go over there, and like three hours later, oh, man. we had filled. I I got like construction grade trash bags like a big thick trash bags oh, went yeah. over there got all this great and like we were like filling them up and like we're just chucking them up onto this trailer three hours later we're hot and nasty and sweaty and you know it's nasty grain and stuff and and, and then so we that's how i'm like reconnected with these guys and so i was this like, like the spent mash you're cleaning out uh, no it was just grain that never got used oh, that man. that's that the grain bin had a leak and so it went bad so they couldn't use it it wasn't good useful for anything except see although i guess i should say i didn't use that to brew with <laughs> for the love yeah. no i fed that to i fed that to animals right yeah, fair uh, so enough, fair enough. but then through that we I, I sat and we were hot and sweaty and i started talking with the guy who was the basically the the guy who runs this thing and i was like man you you guys get a lot of, di- and they actually, all their grain is Posey County grown. Nice. All of it. So they send off their barley to be malted and all that, but then as far as the actual source of the of the ingredients, it's all right there in Posey County. It's awesome. And so my favorite beer is is my the collaboration I had with, uh, uh, to date, I'd say not maybe not favorite taste, but the favorite experience was right. this, was this beer. Building that, this relationship. Because, I, because I got, yeah, and then they I said, well, how much do you, how much do you want if I were just to come over and buy, you know, um, you know, 25, 30 pounds of barley off you, what would you call, what would it cost? Which it's like, if you ordered online, you're looking at like $2 a pound, right? It takes about 20 pounds of grain to do a, do a batch. And, uh, so it's usually about 40 bucks to, right. to do a five gallon batch of beer. And, uh, but this guy was like, well, would it be too much if it was like 25 cents a pound? And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Man. I don't know if I can <laughs> swing it, you know? <laughs> So, but no, it turned. So then I swapped him some bacon from some of our hogs for because we did the grain, and it just this whole relationship developed. Yeah, and that's why I guess that's probably why it was my favorite because it's like locally grown ingredients, cool relationship, cool connection, and you know it was just it was fun to make that and share it and yeah. and, and just enjoy that. And so. see that story is why I really wanted to get more into Curtis person because if you really listen to everything that you're saying and you pay attention to the tale you're telling of this relationship that you're yep. building that's what i see in what you do with your business mm. and i think that's why i was so excited when you first came in and started talking about the yeah. things that you do to start this relationship and say i gotta get this guy in front of people because i can tell how passionate you are about what you do and how much you care about the people that you're yep. doing it with and for and yep. i just think that's awesome yes sir so yep. um you know i don't want to keep you here all day because i want to have you back into another yeah, uh, episode at some point yeah, in time we'll so it. is there anything specific that uh, i should have asked you that i haven't um i don't think so i mean i think we can keep uh, any one of the areas we talked about as far as marketing is concerned you know, like web design and so i could we could i could just go on and on and on but i i think um I think if anything, if you're if you're a business owner, you're thinking about these types of things, marketing, you happened upon this podcast. Um, 
you know, give me a holler. I'm happy to do free consults. You know, I mean, I, I usually will at least have a phone conversation. That's kind of my model is I, I at least try to have a half hour conversation or so to kind of understand where you're at and so forth. And I'm pretty upfront about, you know, if I think we can work together or not, or, you know, you might need to just talk. If you have one thing you want to do that's in your mind, like you want to make videos, right? You know, I've got tons of references for that and all that as well. So we can, we'll get accomplished. We'll get it done. You know, help your business grow. So sounds good. All right, Kurt, what's the best place for people to find you? Yeah, I would say just, um, uh, my website, you can, there's a couple forms and things people can fill out there. Otherwise just give me a shout, call me. Okay. Or send me an email, which, uh, you know, eight one two five six eight two four one nine. It's the, it's the office number. Perfect. And, um, you can uh, send me an email at curtis at growmarketingsolutions.com or just hit me up on Facebook. You know, I'm on all the normal platforms. I would, you should just Google me. That, <laughs> if you don't find me on Google, maybe you shouldn't hire me anyway, right? That's how that goes. I don't think you could plug it any better than that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, Kurt, thanks so much for coming in today. I really appreciate the time that we've had to uh, put this together and uh, looking forward to our next episode, maybe with a nice cold beer here in the middle. Maybe so. Sounds good, man. Later on. Thank you. Hey, this is Aaron Luttrell. Thank you so much for checking out the Aaron Advantage podcast. If you would like to be a guest, please feel free to reach out to me anytime. We're always looking for other people to interview.